Hello, lycra wearing, braille reading, walking stick enthusiasts, and welcome to another episode of Geek Annie. I'm Alec Lambert. Uh, Ellen's not here this week. She's, well, month. She's in Edinburgh doing her fringe show. If any of you are in Edinburgh, in the, I think by the time this comes out, she'll be there for another two days. But And if you're in Edinburgh, you want to go to the Cellar Monkey at half past seven. She's doing it, I think, until the 23rd or the 27th. As you can see, I did my research as ever. Uh, so it's not just me on my own. I've enlisted uh, outside help. As in World War Two. we asked for the Americans to come aid us in the podcast wars. I have two asked the Americans to help us. I have Niall from It Gets Weird here with me. Hi, how are you doing? Very good, as ever. Uh, do you want to explain about your, your podcast a little bit? Yeah, uh, so uh, me and, and my roommate, Kyle, uh, do a podcast called It Gets Weird. It's a weekly show um, that is, I guess, best described as a comedy podcast masquerading as a conspiracy podcast, um, where we just discuss cryptids, conspiracies, spooky things, and also keep getting into tangents about whatever else... I talked about meat a lot on the last episode. I, it, it, it goes to some weird places. Anytime Alec comes on, he's been on a couple episodes, we end up talking about... Um, Tends to be uh, penises and Nazis. Phallic. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't want to just go on and like, yeah, we're talking about dicks. But like, yeah, that's that's basically it. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a fun show. Go check us out on Twitter, uh, IGW Podcast. Please do that. It's very good. Um, and they are much more worthy of your attention as they actually have an upload schedule <laughs> that they stick to and <laughs> an original interesting idea. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so this one, this this time, whatever, um, I, I'd say, because I, I, I thought when I suggested this film to you, you'd be like, no, you're horrible. But then we found out that you own the director's cut of this on DVD. What, I do. What, what did we watch now? What do you, a human being, a grown adult male, yeah, that you with your own money bought? What What did you buy? Uh, I bought uh, the 2003 film uh, starring Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner, uh, Daredevil. Um, the director's cut specifically, uh, and I did buy it used. I'll say that I think uh? it was like three dollars. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, no, I, I I own the film. I own a lot of superhero movies. You might you might call me a comic book superhero enthusiast. Um, if if you could see my room right now, it would be very plain that that is the case is it just uh, is it just floor to ceiling posters of ben affleck as daredevil yeah the, and... that scene where he's coming out of the the like tank <laughs> the water tank shirtless and he's like wiping off water from his face that's i have that image plastered all over my walls and 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 the ceiling too not gonna lie so it's not like when you would set your desktop wallpaper or something before we learned how to do it properly it was too small so you tile it is yeah. that what your room looks like? It's just like that across the entire thing. It's a huge pattern of Affleck abs. Well, well, that's 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 two of the walls. Uh, one, the other two <laughs> walls, I did. You know how this and in, in the same era, you would try to just stretch to fit, and it would not be the right dimensions. <laughs> oh and yeah, would just like, like make it really long or really like squeezed in hot dog shaped. Yeah, you get um, you get a very that, squat that's the Gandalf. Other walls. Uh, okay, so it's just, just the other walls are all wrong. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because I didn't realize there was a director's cut. Because I thought of all the films in the world that would have a director's cut, this the Daredevil film would not be up there. 
so I accidentally watched the dad, the director's cut, and then you well, watched yeah, the I was cut. planning on it. I was planning on watching the director's cut, and then I was then I didn't think you'd have access to it, so I watched the theatrical. Uh, so we we ended up doing the exact opposite of the plan for for this uh, this episode because so I would be interesting because I didn't because it's just when I was looking it up it's just called Daredevil two thousand and whatever so it didn't say the director's cut and I was thinking this is a very long film like yeah, it's over yeah. two hours of Daredevil goodness and I didn't and I thought that's a lot. no wonder it didn't do very well it's bloody fucking really long well I mean if you compare that to the superhero movies of today it's it's actually like on the shorter side it's really weird how the superhero genre has changed in the past, what, I guess almost 15 years. Um, but the director's cut is what was, ri- was originally supposed to be released. Uh, and then, like, r- pretty soon before it came out, like, to the point where Coolio is actually in the trailers. Like, I, I think I mentioned that to you over, over oh, text yeah. while trying to figure out what versions we watched. Uh, <laughs> the but- Coolio variant. <laughs> yeah, the Coolio version is, is, is really the, if you're looking for the full film experience, you want the version with Coolio in it. Uh no, but they, they they had to like cut an hour like uh like a half hour out of it almost right before it got released to get a PG thirteen rating, um so it was originally supposed to be a, a a rated R movie, but they chickened out right ahead of the release. Is that because I, I haven't read the Daredevil comics? Is the Daredevil comics are they all grim and R rated or is it just the guy really wanted to make a grim, dark Daredevil film? Because the TV well, show is quite. Ugh. Yeah, the TV show is, is is darker than the movie, um, but the comics, uh, the comics as a whole tend to bounce back and forth between periods of darkness and and then uh, going to lighthearted. Like there's there are there are as many parts of the Daredevil history where he's uh, never catching a break. He, everyone's dying around him. He's very mopey and like there are times where he's literally like almost driven insane because people try to ruin his life like kingpin straight up tries to drive him insane by taking away everything from him multiple times that's like a a a recurring bit that kingpin likes to do uh but then there are also there are also parts where he's like wearing an a shirt that like a a red shirt that says i am daredevil on it and like going into (laughs) court in like a daredevil tuxedo and shit um so yeah, the the comics tend to bounce back and forth. Whenever whenever it's dark for too long, they they lighten it up a little bit, and then all of a sudden, like his girlfriend gets murdered or something, and it gets dark again. <laughs> so the the one thing I do know about the comics is Stiltman, and I'm really hoping yes. that Stiltman arrives in the Netflix season. It's just like, what's his power? Oh, he's got stilts. Yeah, he, he literally looks like the worst Iron Man ever, <laughs> but with really, really long legs. It's he's great. just really tall. That's it. He's rubbish. Well, they straight up. Uh, if you watch uh, the scenes with the tink, uh, oh, what's his name, uh, Marvin Potter, the the guy that makes Daredevil's costume in, in the Netflix series, uh, I'm pretty sure there's like a, a nod to Stiltman in his workshop. Uh, I think like you see one of his like Stiltman's like legs somewhere, if I remember correctly. <laughs> like that Stiltman is like a weird part of Daredevil's history that's somewhat important. Like. I hate to say Stiltman is important, but it, you know, he comes up pretty regularly. He gets referenced a lot. Oh, I love Stiltman. I kind of, I, I really miss the really whack, like not wacky, but sort of almost very imaginative, almost quite harmless sort of early comic book villains that are just like like Clock King in DC. Yeah. He just loves clocks. I think that's well, great. yeah. <laughs> Calendar the, Man. The be- he does vague uh, crime. Kite Man. Kite Man. Yeah. He's got a kite. Woo. Brilliant! I love that stuff. The, the crazy quilt is like my favorite one. Who is the crazy? The crew is the crazy quilt. Yeah, 
It's great. What's his? But thing? what I love is when they then try to like make those weird villains into dark, like menacing things. They haven't done it as much with Stilt Man. They've made him more powerful, but they haven't made him like a psychopath. But they've done that with, uh, I think, Crazy Quilt, definitely Clock King, all these ones that are like stupid gimmick villains from the '60s. They've then tried to turn into like like formidable foes, and it's really kind of funny to watch and and interesting. It's it's good. I don't know. Anyway. I think there's I think there's definitely a, a place for the goofy wackiness because I was yeah. But equally, I mean, because I was when I was watching the film, which we'll go back to now. <laughs> Yeah, we'll go the, back to the that. The first thing I thought was that Daredevil's outfit in this looks rubbish. It looks really silly. He's got like a little... It's the little um, string that keeps his mask on around his neck. <laughs> and the fact that he's got the DD written on his sort of chest, like a little sort of, hello, I'm Daredevil, like a name yeah, tag. Yeah, it's like embossed on his <laughs> leather leather coat jacket <laughs> thing. Yeah. Where did he get that? Who's like, oh, I'll just make this... Because did, did he make it? Is that because Batman? Batman makes his own. No, Batman gets his stuff from uh, Wayne Industries. Where does Daredevil get his stuff? Stuff from canonically? Uh, M- Marvin Potter, the the t- the guy in the Netflix series, does it sometimes. But his original costume was created by him, if I remember correctly. The the like, um, the yellow and and red one that he had before he had his all red. Um, but it, it comes from a couple different places. Like there's some weird versions throughout the series. There's one where he has battle armor and it's like blue and black and red and it's it, it, whatever it's a, but yeah, that, the, that like leather thing, they said that that was always really weird because they, for Spider-Man movie, this came out like this movie got a better budget because of Spider-Man's success. So the, the fact that they had to try to make a darker version of a superhero movie and they decided to go straight to leather. Um, really <laughs> is telling for the time. Well, it was cause I, when I was watching it, there's a lot of bits where you think they clearly wanted to be making the matrix, Like they're yeah. just trying to make the matrix, oh, but yeah. with bite with Batman, there's a bit when in the bar, I think it's, I can't remember. I think it must be in the normal cut as well. Daredevil just hanging out in this bar, this evil sort of leather bar. And someone's like, oh, what are you doing up there? He just, shout, he just shouts the word justice. Yeah. Just really Batman. Yep. And he does all this slow motion stuff. He's all bouncing around this dark city. They wanted to make the Matrix, but goofed it up and made Daredevil instead. <laughs> this this really does like feel so much like an early 2000s action movie. It feels like, um, yeah, like Blade and stuff. Yeah, which I, I also have a soft spot in my heart for Blade. Um even Blade Trinity because Ryan Reynolds is in it and that's that's a thing. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the I love the I actually really like the action scenes in this movie. They are um, they're very ridiculous, but they they really went for it in kind of a comic booky way. Like the the, uh, the 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 fight scene between him and Elektra in the uh, in the kids' playground is so like Matrix meets the comics that it's it's it's. It's it's enjoyable. It's good. I, I like it. Yeah, I mean, I've I mean always, it's bad, but it's good. That's real bad. Because the aesthetic of it is awful. But I've always had again a soft spot for like you know all the all the nineties tropes like the long like a lot leather, hardy long coats like motorbikes, uh, mm-hmm. bad rap or bad rap metal like new metal that sort of thing. Oh god, the soundtrack uh, of this movie. Oh, it's the Whoa. worst soundtrack in the world. <laughs> Like the the fucking there's a there's a funeral scene with "Bring Me to Life" by Evanescence <laughs> playing over it, was... and then it 
the ending of that song it's brought back later as like a character <laughs> revelation oh my god i was so happy when that started i was like yes because it's, it's such the right period song and i was like i'm so pleased it's, i was so pleased it's in there and everyone's <laughs> got those awful sort of like rimless glasses oh it's it's delicious yeah. it's a real good it's a so feast good. it's a feast for people that love blade 2 yeah this is the definitely. most early 2000s early 2000s action movie ever made yeah, well, there's definitely, like, you. I think you could swap the soundtracks for The Matrix, Blade 2, and Daredevil, and no one would notice. I feel like The, the Matrix came off best, because it was a sort of more... I think Blade Blade and The Matrix, you definitely wouldn't notice, because it's yeah. all very much the sort, same sort of idea. Anyway, so the film, all right? <laughs> we'll run yeah. through it. Uh, so Daredevil is a, is pun- Punchman. Uh, he's bl- he, he's blinded in an accident as a child in the, a lame accident, but you see a bit of his childhood where he's growing up mm-hmm. and his dad is like a washed up boxer. I thought his dad looked like is it Mickey Rourke in Sin City with all the prosthetics on? Yeah, but just uh, all the time. But just all the time, like he has the world's most boxerist face. Like he's like it's like. It's like do you ever watch Red Dwarf? Uh, I've seen a little bit of it. You know the robot in that Crichton with the boxy head. Yeah. It looks like that. That's just his face. His normal human face has. <laughs> it looks like a Rubik's cube that's has fallen onto, like, is growing out of his head. It's ri- it's ridiculous. I can't deal with it. It's yeah. He he looks like a. Uh, well, that's. I mean, he really does look like the 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 comic book version of Batlin Jack Murdoch. You know, they called him <laughs> Jack the Devil Murdoch in this one because just to really. To really hammer, hammer home, home the devil. <laughs> yes, yeah, because Daredevil's it. origin is so complicated, they needed to change it up so his dad influenced it more. <laughs> origin story. Child, dad gets killed, is blind, also now magic. Which is great. Yeah. That's fine. I, I didn't... I thought the the accident in this was a really lame. So he's, he runs to meet his dad. He turns out his dad's a, a, sort of, a sort of criminal who does all his crime in the middle of the day near his yeah. old workplace. And then... Uh, Matt Murdock is so traumatized by seeing his dad kind of threaten a restaurant owner that he runs through a dockyard, a forklift sort of crashes into just some barrels that have biohazard in them, and then just spew out stuff onto his eyes, and now he can hear everything. Yeah, I it's I feel uh... toxic accident isn't the it was a time and a place for it, and I feel like two thousand and three were already past toxic accident. Yeah, but there's like okay, so the the actual version which does get used in the Netflix version uh where he is uh he's he's walking around um and he uh, uh, an old man almost starts to begin to step in front of an oncoming vehicle and he pushes the old man out of the way and, and like then the 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 you know the the vehicle careens off and and spills stuff like the the toxic waste on his eyes is uh, that that's a comic book thing you either just ha- you just have to get past that's that's have, just have, a yeah. but like that version works better i think i don't know why they changed it in this one it really didn't work it was just kind of dumb i don't know is this kind of like we uh, what I, I mean it didn't explain it much but i would say the origin aspect of this film is mercifully short yes considering how the superhero movies are now where each origin story is its own movie separate from the other movies that also have an origin story in them it's about what 15 minutes at the start of the film it's just kid boxing dad blind eyes now he can hear everything and he's fine with it move on and then his dad (laughs) says stick to your books i don't want you to turn out like me and then it cuts to him i think like literally punching a dude it's you know it's it's good 
Yeah, it's because all you need. Because sometimes comic book movies don't have to. All, they don't all have to be Iron Man or Logan. Yeah, they can be well Daredevil, <laughs> two thousand and three. Yeah, but, I mean, I I gotta say, John Favreau in this movie, I I enjoy the crap out of him in this movie. Uh, play, playing Matt's law partner, Foggy Nelson. Um, he he brings a much needed actual comedic timing to this movie that they try to give to Ben Affleck in certain scenes when he's playing just Matt instead of Daredevil, but. Uh, Ben Affleck's a charming guy, but doesn't pull it off quite in this movie. It's it's uh, John Favreau's the best part. Because I always I've always wanted to dislike John Favreau, and I don't know why. Like I have this weird thing in my body. Like there's something like I shouldn't enjoy his stuff, and I always inevitably do. Like, well, it's because he made Swingers. Oh, that's what it was. He in Swingers as well. Yeah, he, think, he made it, and it is, so but... he's he, he's <laughs> responsible for like Big Bad Voodoo Daddy and Cherry Pop and Daddy's having a. A, a swing resurgence in the 90s so we all have to blame him for that i think i don't trust directors who put themselves in their own movies and yeah. I, I think it's because they give themselves the best role because did he direct he didn't direct iron man 2 did he no no but he's in it quite a lot as a sort of almost very important idiot comedy wait character. maybe he did wait because but he iron didn't man, do three but, but iron man I, 2 I don't was if he did bad three. but iron man yes. 1 was good mm-hmm but so he directed Iron Man 1. Oh, fuck, he did direct 2. So he did put himself in his own movie again and give himself a good role. See, that's what it is. I, can't, I don't want to like Jon Favreau because he's putting himself in his own bloody movies. But <laughs> at the same time, he's really good in them. So I'm really stuck. It's a paradox. Yeah. The Favreau paradox. A I, I definitely liked him coming back in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, which he did not direct, but he just came back <laughs> to play, to play uh, uh, you know... Whatever, that, uh, that guy happy whatever uh, <sighs> happy hogan i think is his name <laughs> that's not um, a name that's not what people name their children no one names their child happy hogan i'm sorry it's, it, it's the it's the uh the stan lee every name has to be an alliteration because i'm writing 15 comics right now and can't remember names <laughs> that's doesn't... actually what happened if you look at the reason why so many marvel characters have alliterative names is because stan lee had so many comics he was writing at once that it helped him remember names. <laughs> That's really good. Like, so when people name their children something vaguely similar, so yeah. that if they forget it, they don't forget it too badly. Yep. Just couldn't if you name all your child, all your children James, then you'll never forget their name because you'll know all of them at once. <laughs> that was a short-lived, the short-lived thing in Marvel's history where every superhero had the same name. Yeah, Marvel AU, where every character has the same name. <laughs> Different Jim. power sets. But <laughs> so, so, same yeah, name, completely different characters. This happens to all have the same name. They're all called Charlie. Every single one, just the one name, another second names. <laughs> Stan, actually, speaking of Stan Lee, his cameo in this was nowhere near as grating as it's got in the recent Marvel films. No, because he wasn't the the like powerhouse Comic Con level celebrity he is now. He's not the meme he is now. It was just oh. We're doing a Marvel movie. Stanley will just be the old man that he he stops from walking into an oncoming car. That was it. It was just it was over in like three seconds. Yeah, and it's because I think now particularly they put too much emphasis on watching Stanley sort of gurn a bit and look go oh, yeah. oh, 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 oh Excelsior. Whereas in this he just pulls a face and it's gone. That's it. No more Stanley. Yeah. Move on. So like he seems like a nice guy, but really dra- really distracts me from whatever film I'm watching when he's just in it. And the camera just like, look, it's Stan Lee. 
that's what I liked about the new Spider-Man movie. I don't know if you've seen that, but they get his cameo out of the way in the first like 15 minutes. <laughs> like it's 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 very early on and you can kind of tell that's intentional. Uh, because it, it's just like, okay, yeah, you wanted him, there he is, fuck it, let's move on. <laughs> the, it's the, good. The film opens with Stan Lee staring into camera. <laughs> he yeah, goes, and, he, and he, uh, he has one line, it's, you happy now? Let's go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what are they gonna do when he dies, man? They're gonna have to, like, oh, CGI him in, like Tarkin in Rogue One? Uh, Stanley, <laughs> Stanley Hologram, I think. Oh, that'd be, oh like, Tupac at, Co- was it South by Southwest yeah. or Coachella at Tupac? Uh, Coachella. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that'd be sick. Um, so his origin story: they see him training uh, Daredevil. Sorry, trains. He just goes like, "I'm blind, but also I trained my body." But never really get why he can do some of the stuff he can do because it's ridiculous. Like he's never trained to be. Because by Batman is is like a ninja. I get that. He is yeah. just Daredevil is just a blind kid who can hear really well. That lives well, in New York. His other senses, like it's he, his all of his, his supposedly his other senses are yeah, very he, acute. Um, he, he, all he, of them. So he never uses his super his super taste to solve a crime. He's never like <laughs> he never like licks the air like a snake. Like, ah, bullseye's been here. I can taste him. He never does that. It's always just like <laughs> oh, I can see sand. He does his smell a bit, but all he does that is to smell women coming into coffee shops. He's really creepy. Yeah, his the, the they lean on the the. The like he he can smell a beautiful woman kind of thing really badly in this movie, and it's, it's uh, creepy, man. It, like it's real weird. It's a little bit creepy. They they like they take a lot of things that in the comics have been kind of built up over time, and like, but then just like shoehorn them in here, and it comes off kind of creepy and weird. Um, Was he always it, meant to be a bit of a ladies' man? Oh yeah, he always yeah. He, like the whole thing about him being able to like basically see um and can tell like he he has a, a thing for finding beautiful women and everything it's definitely a part of the 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 character uh but the way they the way they go about it and the way they force it into this movie is kind of uh distracting i think it's i think it's the bit where he first sees Je- well sees jennifer gardner and mm-hmm. fails to flirt with her and then he just sort of follows her for a bit and like grabs her in that park and that's yeah. not that's not cool. You can't just grab no. random women and she's like, don't touch me. I don't like being touched. And he's like, well, tell me what you do like. That that's well, a, that is amazing in my book. She is perfectly yeah. allowed to mace that blind man. Though would you feel... The, yeah, his eyes still would hurt, right? They're not yeah, like, well, he's completely oh dead. Oh my god. Because he's, the... he's, he's not really blind. <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's blind in, in his eyes, but everything else makes up for it. Like, like he's, bli- uh, he's blinder in this than he is in the TV show. Because at least in the movie, he can't see unless something's making a noise. Which I thought was kind of cool. And I quite like the sonar effect that it displays visually. Mm-hmm. But in the TV series and the comics, he just kind of, everything is constantly emitting and he can tell where everything is. So he's oh, yeah. more just like functionally illiterate and colorblind. He's not actually, like, he can't read a text, and you can't tell him which which color wire to cut, but he can see where you are. You won't walk into a door. Yeah, in, in the comics, there there have been times where he straight up can, like, feel the difference between bills by, like, running his finger <laughs> over the ink, and, like, he he could, there, there was something, somehow he could, like, sense color, I forget what, how they shoehorned that in, and, like, 
but he he was able to tell like the color of people's clothing could, somehow through one of his could other smell senses. Smell the dye color I, and had cataloged them all like some sort of weird well, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, some something like that. It, it was something like uh, like for some reason I think it had to do with hearing. I don't know how the <laughs> he fuck heard that works. Sound. Um, <laughs> but yeah, was no. It? There's they they basically make him uh just more powerful he's not he's definitely more powerful in the comics than he is in because i in thought here. he was when you say it's hearing you didn't just hear someone go that's a nice yellow top you've got on he's like oh i can tell you put a yellow top on i used my super no. hearing but no matt that's not that's cheating you can't <laughs> just have someone tell you poor matt because he i thought he was pretty oh. overpowered in this i mean the amount of flips and stuff he can do is pretty pretty out of the ordinary for just your normal man on the street that's trained on a rooftop by some pigeons well, every every like main character in this movie could jump thirty five feet. <laughs> did, did yeah? Who who is not uh, Bullseye Irish. is not super powered at all. He is just <laughs> uh, well yeah he he is but he's he, he just it has like the best aim of any like he he's uh, he and Hawkeye can go toe to toe on aim uh, in in the Marvel universe. But like it's they straight. They made him so much of like a, a weird Hannibal Lecter kind of crazy in this movie. Like he he's definitely unhinged as as a character, but the way Colin Farrell did it was very over the top because I think they realized they weren't doing anything to develop his character, so they just had to make him so over the top that it it was readable in the first three seconds. I really he's on enjoyed screen, everything Colin you need to know about him. For people who haven't seen it, Bullseye is this evil hitman who yeah. doesn't, he never misses. He throws everything really well. And he comes into the movie because the Kingpin, who's the bad guy, Michael Clark Duncan, rest in peace. So, he's so good in this. Uh, hires him, him to kill a business associate who's trying to leave yeah. his evil business. Daredevil tries to stop him. Daredevil fails. Uh, Electra, the man that Bullseye kills is Electra's dad. She thinks Daredevil does it. There's a very long conflict about that. Because bullseye uses his and his daredevil staff to kill her dad <laughs> and then daredevil yeah. punch yeah well and then and then is resolved Im- immediately i don't know if it is in the but in the theatrical cut electra unmasks daredevil looks at him like confused for a second and then just like oh no we're <laughs> oh, good that is, like that's that is how it's resolved in the theatrical cut so, so yeah because they she, she hunts him yeah. for a bit but like, i had real trouble following the plot of this film and I don't really know why, because there didn't seem to be much for me to get lost on. But I kept me like, why are we here now? What's happened? Where's the conflict? Like, Daredevil hates the Kingpin because he's the king of all crime. All right, great. But why are we getting... Yeah. Like, there's this bit in the Makes bar sense. where he's fight where Matt Murdock displays that he's the world's worst lawyer. Because um, in the an opening thing we see of Matt Murdock lawyering is there's a guy who's accused of assaulting a woman... Uh, he can tell he's lying and he threatens him in court he's like i hope justice is found here today before justice finds you and then like gives him a a shitty look as much as he can yeah and then basically goes try goes and tries to kill him it's it's, it's pretty good because in the director's cut he actually kills him no yeah no he like throws him in front of that subway train okay (laughs) gets him cut in half that is oh yeah yeah yeah. no he does that i'm sorry that's not cool sorry that's rough dude like, yeah, I mean, get... <laughs> yeah, and and the the one liner he gives like that's not the light at the oh, end of the tunnel, shit. that's the C train or whatever, and then just like. <laughs> There's also an one liner in the theatrical oh, version, and the director's cut. It's not the theatrical version. I looked it up. 
when he's in the bar that he finds this guy in. A bar, which I should point out, at one point has two motorbikes in it revving their engine, which would definitely poison someone. Never mention that again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Everyone would be getting the pool sleepy. table on fire with his two Ds that in flames, which, how he knows how, where to put them, we, doesn't matter. Uh, he gets on the table in the fire, crouches on it, and just shouts, time to give the devil his due, which doesn't really make sense in that context, but he just yells it at him from across the bar. <laughs> See, in, in the theatrical cut, it stops with him, the, the pool tables are on fire, and he just, instead of, like, walking out on the floor, he climbs up onto the pool table and See, walks through the fire, the and then it cuts. cuts. The difference is, is like, worse. Because it adds to all this weird shit that doesn't need to be in the movie. Like the whole, like the Coolio subplot. They cut Coolio <laughs> out of the actual thing. What the Coolio subplot and the director's cut. Yeah. It's, they just cut back to it occasionally and Foggy goes, oh, Coolio needs some help. Oh, Matt Murdock, you're busy doing all your crime fighting. I can't, you can't help me. Me, Foggy Nelson, your best mate. And that's it. And he gets off at the end. It's rubbish. Yeah. Well, it also, it also shows the, uh, the fact that uh, that pacemakers mess with that... Matt's like lie right. detector ability. I'm not a doctor, but I don't think pacemakers stop your yeah. heartbeat increasing when you're lying. <laughs> I'm pretty sure what happens when your heart goes into an abnormal rhythm, like arrhythmia, it then shocks it back into place. If it did it every time your heart rate increased slightly, your heart would be constantly being shocked every time you went up some <laughs> stairs or like got a bit hot or got a bit like angry at something. Doesn't <laughs> just do it all the time. Plus, it is knowing. That someone is lying that useful in a lawyer setting. If you got to court, all the evidence should have been gathered by then. It should be done. You should know whether or not you're going to win. Knowing that guy's lying won't help you if you don't have the evidence to point out that he's lying in the mm. first place. This is going to put you off. Yeah, that's in, in the comics. They make a better point of it being like when he's interviewing people and gathering evidence, it leads him places better and like. I, I hate to keep bringing up it's better in the comics because of course the source material is almost always better than the movie in every case, but man the they they butcher like I got they butcher Electra so hard in this movie it's like Jennifer Garner did her best with what they gave her but the script for Electra is so fucking oh, bad oh my god they turn her into a she's or straight awful. up like a romantic comedy lead for the first half of the movie and then all of a sudden she uses size. And it's yeah. like a, a, a kick-ass she's, person. She just goes and from it's, being a hot woman in coffee shop to she makes sort of weird, vague, threatening sort of I will kick your ass things after Matt Murdock stalked her and assaulted her. And then suddenly she's a ninja? Like, where does yeah. that... Oh, she's Greek as well, but then that's never really comes up again. She's just, she's just Greek for some reason. No. Uh, the in in the comics, Electra is so much more of a femme fatale and like leads Matt to a moral gray. Like the the Electra, I'm glad they had the creator of Electra, the guy that uh, that uh, uh, Bullseye kills to steal his motorcycle at the beginning, is <laughs> is the creator of Electra, Frank Miller. Um, and I'm glad he died in continuity in this movie, so we didn't have to see how they traded like his his one of his best creations. Uh, it's so bad for like, and then they made an Electra spinoff movie that was just how, even how worse. How did that happen? And, I don't think this movie it, did that yeah, well. It's... How did everyone go? Oh yeah, Jennifer. Did Jennifer Garner just that big at the time? Was everyone was like was like she is a titan. I, She's she a must have She's been. a Goliath of, of um, film. We need her Electra spinoff. We need it immediately. 
I think what happened was they really wanted to do another Daredevil, but Ben Affleck said, fuck no. And Jennifer Garner was like, give me the money. Sure. Why not? Like everyone tries to do that turn to the action hero, um, which I'm not familiar enough with Jennifer Garner's, you know, filmography to know whether or not she's done that elsewhere. But she she does her best with this role, but the role is so bad. I'm I'm sorry, it's just I, so bad. I just the the thing with Elektra is that I don't think she's ever been done well because in the TV series, the worst part of the TV series are the Elektra stuff. I just think it's very hard for people to do Elektra correctly. I will say that they get the the they they shoehorn in the hand stuff in the the TV series. But the person playing Electra does a decent job of it. Like she, she does the character justice, even though the what that character has to do in that show doesn't do it very well. Like the writing in Daredevil season two was the problem. They tried to shoehorn in the Punisher and the Hand and Electra in one season when that should have been two separate seasons. I I have a, we, we could talk about fucking comic adaptations I, all day I have and, and not get anywhere. But that I've seen I, recently uh, the Kevin Spacey film Nine Lives where he gets that? turned into a cat. <laughs> she's <laughs> yeah yeah. Really? She's, I think she's, she's in she's in Nine Lives. <laughs> oh god, that's what it is. Oh uh, man, she, I think that's she tries her best in that as well. <laughs> Can we Please. give this woman a good role? Like she seems to be decent enough as an as an actor. Let, like, let her, can we just please her, just give her, her a act. good role? Let Jennifer Garner do some uh. acting. Oh, oh yeah. Weird thing about Kevin Spacey. Yeah. <laughs> he's got he's got he's got an, he's got an order of the British Empire. Yeah, what's up? Yeah, he holds a rank. Um, I think because he does really? so much theatre stuff here. He's a. I think he's a. I think he's a knight commander, of the of the order of the British Empire, which. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if you get really? a title from that, um, but it's it's just a weird little honor if Ficky got. I think so. I think I know. I think can't you get a title or not? I think he gets to use Sir, so he can be if he wants to be. He can be Sir Sir Kevin Spacey. So him and and like Sir Patrick Stewart and Sir Ian McKellen can all hang out, and Sir Elton John can all hang out, and and. Yeah, around a the, around a table, and I guess and there must be some sort of club tea, that I guess. if you've got an order of the British Empire, you get to be in. But obviously, I wouldn't know about it because it, I couldn't tell you because you're foreign, and it's very secret information. This, like, you can't. Yeah, tell I, I, <laughs> well, I haven't done Why anything not? for the British There's Empire. Like the present. So, go out, and uh, find <laughs> go out and claim something. Yeah, that's how. What's what's the like? What's the easiest way uh, the, to get yeah. a, a night ship? Like I don't want to put a lot of work into it. I just if I could do it, that'd be fine. If I can knock <laughs> it out in a weekend, that'd be, be great. Really rich. So if you could be really rich over the course of a weekend, okay. and then just or you just you could just pretend to be Kevin Spacey, just take his identity. No one would know the difference. We can't tell Americans apart. You just you just step in, just step into his shoes, and be like, "Oh, hey, Kevin." You'd be like, "Hey, <laughs> it's me, old Kevin Spachey." knowing my luck they'd have like a lot there'd be a lot there'd be a tv on in the same room and they'd be doing like a live red carpet thing and kevin spacey would then walk in front of screen and get interviewed and i would just have to i would like try to awkwardly block the tv with my body so they can't see kevin spacey but like i don't quite do it and the servant walks in because i assume 
anything like this would have servants and sees, Oh, that's Kevin Spacey. Who are you? And then I have to run out of the place and like a really farcical knocking over servants and dish platters and silverware and, and stuff. Knights of art suits of armor would collapse in my escape. Trying to convince the queen that you're Kevin Spacey. And then having to also escape <laughs> because Kevin Spacey has arrived to get another knighthood. And you're trying to like get around him being there. Because there could be a bit where you run into like a room full of those uh, big bear hats that the palace guards wear, and you could like pretend to be a guard for a bit. That'd be great. Yeah. And you have to do like some kid pretend to try to annoy you. I'd watch the hell out of this. It's like a great idea. Like, <laughs> what was that? Yeah, that's, that? that's a good movie? good movie. I'm, I'm in. Black about him the black guy going back to king arthur times that's the one the black knight oh the black knight but with just an american in buckingham palace (laughs) in brackets pretending to be kevin spacey sub brackets while kevin spacey is also there (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's the twist it's gonna be like oceans 12 where uh, they have to pretend she's Julia, where, where Julia Roberts is actually Julia Roberts, and it's the dumbest plot point in almost any movie ever. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. That works. Plot points. Bull, let's, talk, let's, let's talk about Bullseye. For yeah. A bit, Back to I Daredevil. Loved Bullseye so much. Okay. Because uh, Bullseye's great. In the in the theatrical cut, does it open with him throwing darts into a bullseye? Because they really hammer yes. like, every time, every scene he's in. I swear he says bullseye or does something involving a bullseye at least once. Because a, a a bullseye is not the highest yeah, pretty much. point on a dartboard, so he should have been going for the triple. Yeah, it's a triple twenty. Wait, really? So the bullseye's fifty. Um, you know how there's you know how the dartboard has got the outside rings, okay. then the inner rings, and the bullseye. So I think the inner ring on twenty is sixty points because it's uh-huh. triple twenties. So actually, that's harder to get. Yeah. Because the really, I did darts? not know that. Darts, I okay. Darts, darts thing. I, I I've played I've yeah. played darts uh, once or twice in my life. Right combination of numbers to count get from a number to zero. So the bullseye is like it's impressive, but it's nowhere near the best point on the board. He's just he's like, so he's not doing very well at winning that game of darts. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> he openly murders people all the time. And he's not like he doesn't blend in. He's like a martial disguise. Yeah. He has a fucking tattoo on his head, or like a scar of a giant bullseye. Yeah, and he isn't subtle. He does these things very. Like he throws little pins into a dude's throat in a bar, and then just walks out. He kills someone on a plane yeah. <laughs> with a peanut. That's like my favorite favorite bullseye scene. Possibly my favorite scene in the movie, other than the mustard cup <laughs> switch with John Favreau, uh, where. He's there's the grant there's the somewhat racist granny talking about her. It's talking about like oh yeah my 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 daughter's dating <laughs> yeah. a mix. What do you call them a mulatto? A and it's just like oh god no. And Bullseye then just pulls a peanut and flicks and it, it into her it open her mouth as well. like, and kills her. Just go, so he's on the plane from I assume Dublin yeah. to America to come and do some murder. And he just pings his peanut and just goes oh ah, and chokes and that's it. She's gone. And she like falls over. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then then the flight attendant comes up. Is there anything you need? More peanuts, <laughs> please. And it's just like, like oh, oh god she's damn it! Like, people sleep on a plane all the time. Like she's it's like, she's, she's just an old woman. She's not like an idiot yeah. child. You don't go patronize her in her sleep. Oh, she's sleeping. Yeah, it's like it's a long flight from wherever he was in 
to America. <laughs> Damn right, she's having a little kip. Eight hours. Boring. I need a flying economy. Yeah. Bollocks. But what's this boy's idea? Oh, so when he um, yeah. kills the other, the, the person who's the lecturer's dad, so he throws the stick <laughs> into the guy's mm-hmm. heart, and then he goes, bullseye, <laughs> points at his head, does a little hand movement, and like <laughs> jaunty, like jauntily like, skips away. It's like, yeah, we get it. That is, that's your name, and that's kind of your entire thing. You are Mister Bullseye. Yeah, I I really like when uh when he when he's, he's like throwing stuff at Daredevil, and she's like, <laughs> I never I never miss I never miss like just losing his goddamn mind because he missed one shot. He he was the best thing in it. He's really enjoying himself. Like he's, he's great. Is he from? Like, he's Colin Farrell. Did he know he was in this movie? Did he, did no one tell him what the tone was? Because he's wacky. He's a wacky <laughs> guy in this. Like he's having a whale of a time. Well, both he and Michael Clark Duncan are like they're just chewing the scenery and everything they're in. It's really good. Like the way Michael Clark Duncan smokes a cigar in this movie is <laughs> is like more entertaining than a lot of the fight scenes. It's so wasteful. He barely inhales it. He basically just goes and just like just chews it a bit. I love it. Yeah, he's such a big man. And it's, well, like, yeah, this, it's just a physical presence. Though he does have a really bad line where he's like, "How do you kill a man without fear?" And it's like, just any other, the same way you kill anyone. Like, you don't die of fear. Just shoot him. Yeah, <laughs> I liked. It. I thought Mark Duncan was really good in this. I yeah, it was. They did, but I, I, even like the final climactic scene where he's fighting Daredevil, I still didn't really get. I didn't get the sense that they, these two men would hate each other this much. No, and and it also is over in like two hits. The the the. I don't know if it or is in the theatrical. The the theatrical cut is one of the most anticlimactic final fight scenes. Like it's worse than Iron Man one with it in terms of like it's over so goddamn quickly and it just like Daredevil slides under his legs, hits him in the back of the knees, and the guy just goes down. Like that's that's it. Yeah, he's a. I expect him because he has a, a pretty good punch up with Bullseye. Was it a problem yeah. of like a spider? Was it, was it Spider-Man three where they put in too many villains? Like, was it a problem with that they had two villains? So they I, gave you one climactic fight scene. And they're like, well, we can't have another one. Yeah, because the the fight scene in the church with Bullseye was a million times more intricate and better than yeah. the final fight scene with Kingpin. Because he's like swinging off organs. There's like, this whole jumpy up and down bit. They did, a, they did they did they do the stigmata thing in the theatrical cut, or is that only directors? Oh no! Where where he gets uh he gets uh, stabbed through the hands and he <laughs> yeah. and he goes they took my hands. <laughs> I I don't think they did. Like I don't think that because he's still wiggling them. Like they're fine, aren't they? Yeah, I mean I it, it, it's not great, but yeah, you I can mean, still pe- go. But people get stabbed through the hands all the time in movies, and they're fine. And it's movie land. You'll be alright. Yeah, be a bit. You probably have a bit bit stiffness. Yeah. Did it, did it get all really weirdly religious at the end? Or was it just me? Because it, it suddenly just went very much like, oh, Catholicism. Just out of nowhere. Like, by, by the way, while you're here, superheroes, but also some Catholicism. Well, Matt, Matt's always been a like a Catholic, and the the times that he's at his worst, sometimes he lapses, and that's that's always been a thing in in the character. Um, but it does it gets brought up in like two very distinct points in this movie. At the very beginning when he's in the confessional and like it's and then the uh and then in the end in the church fight scene where all of a sudden it's just they they, they decide to talk about his his faith for a little bit 
just a little bit. Let's have a little chat about his faith. Um, there's a there was something in this film that really bothered me. Yeah, and it's very very tiny. But you know how he describes his power as a kind of radar sense. Yeah, it's sonar, not radar. It's very different because it's made, yeah. made by sound waves, not radio waves. And it bothered me so much that I kept, I had to I had to check it on my phone. I was right to be irritated. That yeah, <laughs> that's that is a a straight from the comics thing. They've called it radar sense. That's right. Uh, for fifty years, yeah, it's he, he doesn't he, actively send out. He's not like a bat. He doesn't send out radio waves. <laughs> actually, in times. in in some explanations in the comics, they have had something like that, like. There's, it's, it's, they keep trying to, sometimes people try to, like, make it work as a radar, as a radar sense, and other times people just give up, <laughs> actually make it make sense. It, it's really weird, because his powers get explained a lot of different ways, um, but that's not super important right now. Um, sorry, I've read, I, Daredevil's one of my favorite comic characters, so I've read, uh, probably hundreds of Daredevil comics, um, so, so there's a lot, like, this movie is just littered with little references to creators of, of the comics, uh, to writers and artists. Like every boxer that gets brought up is basically the name of of a, of a, a an important Daredevil writer. Kevin Smith is in the movie for like three seconds, and he that was and, Kevin Smith in the, yeah. in the morgue. Because I and couldn't he, tell. Because I was pretty sure it was, but I was like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he plays a character named Kirby, which is Jack Kirby, one of the the basically like one of the creators of the character. Yeah. Uh, and he wrote Daredevil for a little bit. Like every, there are so many little bits in this movie that are, and, and that just prove that that someone involved in this movie at least like tried, um, which 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 endears it to me a little bit, but it it still is a overall not a great movie. Well, they always have. Um, so there's always someone who tries in these, but I think that comic book movies have always been very good at putting in those little details. It's just getting the whole overarching thing together yeah. to make an, an enjoyable hour and a half, or in the case of the director's cut, two hours and a, and a quarter, which is too long. For this movie, yes, definitely. Because <laughs> they put in a, there's a lot of scenes in the director's cut of just like just him just hanging out, or just there just like standing around, or like he's frowning at some things. Like, we cut that, we cut that. And they did, and they cut Coolio entirely, which yeah. I, which I thought was such a because I, I mean, admittedly the Coolio bit did have a thing where it's like he's just him just going, I was high all the time. Like the experimental <laughs> thing is, I was fucking baked, which is lazy. So maybe they cut yeah. it out of that because they didn't want to offend the Coolio fan base. <laughs> what Coolio, I, what I, the the Coolio gang. What I like is there's one scene in the theatrical that didn't make it into the director's cut. Ooh. And that is a that is a very short sex scene between Elektra and Matt Murdock. So they just cut that. They're like, we don't need this. This is yeah, because it's it's so shoehorned in out of nowhere. It's right after the like the scene where they're on the uh, the 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 roof of the building, um, and they're talking about stuff, and then all of a sudden it just cuts to them having sex, and. <laughs> she's just gone in the morning like it's no, it's dude. this it it's like 20 seconds and adds nothing to the movie it it does so little to do anything for the story or characters in any way shape or form that i i i really just don't think it needed to be in there at all i mean because in the director's cut he just fucks off you know on the roof and he, she's like oh i love you and he's like i have to go 
he just runs and he just runs away. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I, can't, I can't remember what it is. Like there's something he has to go. So it's just, it's just her just stood on the rooftop by herself in the rain. <laughs> that's that's really bad as well. Yeah, that's not great either. Uh, so I, I guess they like the they didn't know how to stick the dismount there. They tried two different ways. Neither was great. <laughs> of them worked. I like the idea the director of Daredevil was such like an auteur. He was like, remove this sex scene from my vision of Daredevil. <laughs> Sat there in some giant chair like Werner Herzog. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not going in the R cut. It's going in the PG-13 cut. Like, no. What? My film will be R because of its themes. Not because yeah. of titillation. Take it away. <laughs> I wish oh, to make god. a I wish to make a Green Lantern movie now. No, please. Oh god. What did who what is the director of this film? What else did he do? I might look it up. I have I'm no in, idea. I, I, I don't even know who directed this. Mark Steven Johnson, who is um director. Uh, he also did Oh, Ghost Rider. So he's got a good Oh, that's good. That's <laughs> God, Ghost Rider. Okay, for all of the problems with this movie, it is better than Ghost Rider. I mean, that is that necessarily such a great compliment in the world of film? Oh, he also did uh, Electra. It looks like he had stuff to do with Electra, oh, which yeah. is God. This guy, this guy has not made a good movie. He's he's got he's got um, a, a theme. He's got a vibe to him about the whole thing that I quite like. Yeah. Uh, he wrote, he wrote Jack Frost. Was that any good? Oh no! Oh, the Jack Frost, a film we've also done on this podcast about the murderous snowman. Uh, no, this is the other Jack Frost. That's the is family oh, movie no. with Michael Keaton, where oh, Michael no. Keaton gets turned into a snowman and tries to be a dad. Still, <laughs> he's really got. He's like my nemesis. He's got like a real thing. This director. Oh dear. Why? Oh well. I mean, I'm pleased. I'm pleased that he's uh, doing what he loves. I mean, he's making a living out of it. We should all attain to be Mark Stephen Johnson. I guess. <laughs> yeah, <so> like, <laughs> <laughs> we should all attain to be a writer of Electra. Yeah, if that if that's the p like, do what you love. But if what you love is writing either Catwoman or Electra. <laughs> Or Ghost Rider, or like I don't want to just point out female-led superhero movies because they like get Ghost the short <laughs> shift because they have to be both the sex appeal and the action hero in their same movie, and it just never works. It until recently with Wonder Woman and stuff, but like, man, he, the fact that he did Daredevil, Elektra, and Ghost Rider means this guy should never touch a comic book again. I mean, I kind of feel that even with male leads, even with male leads, that. I don't think the female athlete aspect of Catwoman or Electra was really what sank them. No, 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 it definitely wasn't. I don't think I don't think it was either Halle Berry or Jennifer Garner's fault that those movies uh, didn't go well. I mean, I would say Halle Berry did her best in Catwoman, but she's not good in Catwoman. That's no, she she wasn't very good in Die Another Day either. Uh, mm. Was she good in Blue? Was she in Blue? What was she in? Was it Blue Velvet or Monsters Ball? Is she? Monsters Ball. That's the one. She, yeah, she has some good stuff. She's going to be in uh, the second Kingsman movie, which I'm excited for. I thought I the first looks, Kingsman movie was fun. I think that looks fun. I really like the state, the whole statesman thing. Yeah, it, it Channing really Tatum me. doing like <laughs> talking about bourbon and acting like a cowboy, and the guy with like the laser lasso thing. It, it looks fun as fuck. It looks really fun. Because I, because I really like the Kingsman is like the the ultimate media portrayal of a British person, and Statesman is the ultimate media portrayal of an American. Yeah, like Stetson wearing whiskey drinking lasso cracking cowboy with revolvers. I think it's really yeah. Fun. 
and the the fact they have Jeff Bridges as the leader and Channing Tatum as like the lead agent, like it's it, they they hit their marks. Elton John is going to be in it. Uh, oh, what? Yeah, Elton John <laughs> is, is going to be in in the movie somewhere. I don't know what, but oh, they announced that like a year and a half ago, and I got really excited. Anyway, Jeff, Jeff Bridges just is a cowboy now, isn't he? I, I think contractually he has to be because everything I've seen him recently he's been a cowboy. Well, yeah, I think I think even in Tron Three they're gonna make him a cowboy. Well, so. now welcome to my cyber west. <laughs> get on my laser horse. I've never seen a Tron film. Let me. Get I haven't either. My, let me get on I, my light horse. <laughs> it just made me think of uh, Tron Three is also Wild Wild West Two, and oh. I would watch the shit out of that oh, movie. You have no idea how much I watched that because <laughs> Wild Wild West is a personal favorite. Yeah, I have a lot of time for Wild Wild West because it's really really bad. It, but, but it's it's fun bad. It, oh, it, it's so fun bad. It's really I I have I have a lot of love for cheesy fun bad. And and Wild Wild West definitely hits those marks. I'm really liking it because at the minute Kenneth Branagh is doing a lot of like serious acting, and I just like to occasionally yeah. I want to go up to him occasionally and be like Kenneth, like he's on the set of Dunkirk, doing his staring, be like uh, Mr. Branagh, Mr. Branagh, yeah, you're in Wild Wild West, and to see him crumble a little bit and then leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like just, going back just... and watching uh, watching like a like a night shift and showing Michael Keaton that he used to be that. Like, <laughs> I, I want to see Michael Keaton and Tom Hanks both be goofy again. But neither one of them is going to do it anytime soon, I unfortunately. Think, I think you can goof, make Michael Keaton goofy because he doesn't think that the film Birdman is about him. Yeah, he, honestly, he thinks like, no, it's not about me; it's about someone else. Like, are you, really? Are you see, you honest, honestly, Michael, mate, you sure about that? It's a film about a watch, about an actor who used to be a superhero now trying to be worthy. He's like, nope, nothing to do with me. Michael Keaton, who played Batman and is now in Birdman and Spotlight, it's about someone else, not about me, not about me, Michael Keaton. Now I do I do think Michael Keaton's a good actor. Like oh, I, I do like him. Uh, so th- that's the that's the the pull there is they didn't they made him a bad actor in that movie kind of. Um, but yeah, no, it's it definitely the fact that they had Ed Norton playing the asshole hard to work with character actor, and like Michael Keaton as the trying to gain relevance again character. Like Birdman's awesome. I fucking love that movie. Birdman is a brilliant movie really good. i watched it twice i really enjoyed it a lot of people didn't which is fine but you're wrong yeah you're uh, wrong so it's just a good movie can, so officially this will annoy Anne. officially this podcast is endorsing birdman as the world's oh, greatest are, are they not a fan of birdman no so uh because she's not here i can say birdman's brilliant and officially it <laughs> geek and e says it's the best film ever any objections <laughs> oh look no so there we go okay Everything, yeah, i'll go with good. that <laughs> Uh, so shall we try and sum up Daredevil? As we clearly run out of things to say about Daredevil. Yeah, now that we, we've we've done, gone on a ten minute tangent about, about Birdman, Birdman and stuff and Wild Wild West. Uh, yeah, so what, what did you, where so, do you want to what, start? What did, redeeming the film? What do you did you think anything redeemed the film? What was good about it? What did what do we enjoy? I enjoyed John Favreau and Colin Farrell. I even enjoyed most of Ben Affleck. Um, it was there were there were moments of bad writing with him, but he he obviously really does like the character and knows the character well and really was trying to he he tried very hard to hit both Matt Murdock and Daredevil and he he more than more often than not succeeded. Um, I also really like Michael Clark Duncan. Uh, 
so so I guess what I'm saying is I like a lot of the actors in this movie. Um, even Jennifer Garner did what she could with a really bad bad writing, but they were all let down by the script and the the director. Yeah, um, I, I'd say everyone's the same. Like all the ingredients, actor wise, are great. It's just the recipe's kind of a bad one, boys. It was just <laughs> it was just too 2003 for its own good at points. Yeah, it it was trying to be. I think if it had gone harder on the being, like, this is a bad action film, it may have actually been better for it. Yeah, they either needed to take it more or less seriously. I don't know which would have been better. Um, but yeah. I think if, cause I think if everyone was as wacky as Bullseye, it would have got quite great in. Yeah. But, well, I also think that movie would be more fun to watch, though. Oh, if, like much more fun. If Daredevil was just, like, yelling justice more and <laughs> also like doing weirder acrobatics with his his uh sweet walking stick cane thing bolo thing and and like Michael Clark Duncan was was like every scene when people walked in he was just doing like big like deadlifts and stuff and like <laughs> he was just lifting up other people yeah and like electra time. electra was just like a, a full on femme fatale like i think you could have dialed everything up and it would have worked in a different way but I also think you could have toned down Colin Farrell and made it a more straightforward, like, realistic version of a comic book movie. But, like, yeah. The, one of the very few... Like, it, could been, it could have almost been, like, the earliest nolan Batman film, where it was yeah. a bit more grounded. Because I've always felt like what I kept getting distracted by was that, like, it kind of trying to be realistic, but then people are jumping, as you said, like, 30 foot in the air. Yeah. All the time. And, like, doing all these crazy flips and stuff. But it's all about, like, corporate espionage and, like, the complexities of law it's like i don't i can't they didn't meld together very well yeah um so does this film get to leave the hospital because this is our thing this is our format does it get to leave like so it's coming to the emergency room do we try and save it or is it a lost cause um i think it's a cop-out to say but because netflix was able to make daredevil in a very satisfying way I think the movie could have been saved because all of the elements were there. They were just mishandled by people that didn't quite know what they were doing. It seemed like that they didn't quite have a vision for what this was going to be. Um, I think, I think it could have been saved. I think it could have been good. I think we, we, there's another world where they, the director cared slightly more and you ended up with having a daredevil too. So medical science wasn't quite there yet. So it, yeah. we, there's nothing we could have done. It's just uh, wrong place at the wrong time, old buddy. We pulled a plug on the machine. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Oh, well. So uh, the, we didn't do a question. Um, I offered you two options and you'd said that one of them would upset would, would upset me almost with how long you'd go on about it. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely uh, <laughs> it, if you don't want to hear just like, well, in this run of Daredevil, we're, you know, you know that, that's not really what anyone wants I to hear. So I kind of really want to do that because I kind of want to edit like an audio montage of just you talking and it like fading in and out and playing sad music over it. But <laughs> <laughs> all the characters in this, sort of, well, apart from Electra, like they're all sort of like sayings like that, like, oh, he's a Daredevil or oh, a bullseye. Yeah. So it, I want you to make a character good or evil doesn't really matter based on a popular sort of saying or a way of describing somebody such as a smart alec which you can't use because that's the example i have one <laughs> damn I've it okay <laughs> do i will be a stitch in time I will oh. be a, a time traveling scene master 
and I just zip through time and I solve everything with my knitting based powers, also the time travel. But I try and shoehorn in the sewing powers as much as possible. Like there's a Michelin web sketch called The Angel Summoner and the BMX Bandit. Mm-hmm. There's two superheroes, one of whom's really good at the BMX and one of whom can summon the horde of invincible angels. And the whole base of the sketch is Angel Summoner just doing the angels thing <laughs> and BMX <laughs> Bandit being really bummed out. It's like that with one character where everyone's going like, oh, a stitch in time. You need to go back and save the city from this explosion that happened five minutes ago. And I'm like, can I sew the bomb and defuse it? And they're like, <laughs> no, if you could just just go back in time and then bring it to another place, that'd be that'd be smashing. I'm like, what about if I magically sew together a bomb-proof uh, curtain that I wrapped it in? Like, no, just, can you just use time travel? And I'm like, okay, fine. And I've got to, I know they end up just making all the superheroes' costumes and being really grumpy about it, and then becoming a supervillain. I mean, that, that's a good origin, though. Refuses to use time travel, despite the fact he has open and easy access to it. And instead, all of his crimes are based around soft textiles. Okay, uh, so... I, I, I think my guy is going to be named uh, Less Eyesmore, for, for Less is More. Uh, so his whole thing is, is he has to... Um, basically, he can't do complex thing. All of his powers have to be like based on like simple machinery or simple uh, things, like uh, base elements. Uh, so it's it's all about creativity in how you use these simple arc of uh, kind of, uh, kind of archetypes. Like how, if you ask a child how many uses a paperclip have, they'll count like a hundred. But now they yeah. have like four. Yeah, it, it, it's it's that whole thing of like it, you uh, of making the most out of little things. Uh, so so like I I would use like a I don't know like a like a a spoon and I wouldn't just use it to eat things. I would I would be. Well, it was like a child's imagination. So it's not just a spoon. It's also oh I can just dig through walls with this because it's a spoon and spoons dig. Yeah, like yeah, it's like it, it's a very it, that's a good way of putting it. it. It would be my powers would be basically like I'm not limited by the 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 constraints of adulthood. It's like oh, this door's locked. He's like yes, but the door is made of wood, and I can just set it on fire, and suddenly it bursts into flame. Like he just deconstructs everything before. He's like like you know how um, when children play sort of make believe games like shot you. He's like aha, I actually have an invisibility uh-huh. shield, so you couldn't see me. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's yeah. Like, He's like, exactly. He, he just always is like, no, no, no. That's far too complicated. I am just unkillable. Just that's it. And he just stands with his arms folded. Yeah. He just make he reduces everything down. He's like, I've made this superly evil plan to do the bad crime involving all this business. And he's like, No, you haven't. I know where everything is because it's just all you've done is make you try to rob a bank. And they're like, What? And then that's it. He's done. You're, you're over. I yeah, like I can. More. I feel like less, less is more. Less, yeah, less, less is more less, is a, less is a less good villain. More. Or or hero, I guess he's he's more of a hero, I think. Um, so he, the the one thing is is his his arch nemesis would have to be like a uh, like Rube Goldberg, <laughs> building really really complicated ideas and concepts. Yeah, like, so you, like it, he has to fight against. Uh, I guess I think his name would just be Rube Goldberg. Sorry, sorry to the actual human being that that had that name a while ago, but Goldberg. it would be like the the exact opposites of each other. Um, 
I would be trying to keep things very simple and, and base my powers off that, and he would be building these super complicated death machines that I can't I can't simplify because if I take away any one thing, it's it doesn't work. So I have to work my way through everything to disable certain bits, and yeah, I think that I think that would work really well. That's a good like, dichotomy of, of of villain and hero. So like mousetrap the board game. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Just completely throws less eyes more. He's like, I can't. I'm sorry. I can't. <laughs> This is too much. I can't deal with this. I have to go. Can we? I can't. Can we play Uno? <laughs> what is? What's too complicated for less eyes? More so, like he can open a door. Doors are fine. We get yeah. that. But Maybe he's like... also really into like the Expendables. He can't get into art cinema. Um, <laughs> nothing with like a lot of subtext or or. Uh... So so he's not a smart man. Um, but that's kind he's, of his charm. You know, he's direct. Yes, he's very direct. They're like, oh, less eyes more. This supervillain has covered the city in a big web of net, the web of nets, and the nets are made of wires. If we cut the wires, it detonates the bombs in the city, and everyone dies. He's like, why don't we just lift the net? And they're like, he's done it again. And he yeah. lifts the whole thing up. <laughs> the, this idiot. is sounding a lot like was it like an there's like an SNL sketch or something that was Captain Obvious. Um, <laughs> like less is less eyes more is is, is almost Captain Obvious esque, but uh, less dumb so does i don't that, know so does Liz more like he warps reality to make it simpler yeah. enough for him to understand it I, what i really like is characters that have uh very they're they're incredibly powerful but for really dumb reasons because like it, basically the whole the whole thing here is that he he he, he does like you have reality warping stuff but it's it has these weird constraints of uh, of just being everything has to be to simplified and you have to take the complexity out of things and just be very childlike to it it's, it's good i like that a lot quite innocent i yeah. actually really do quite like les eismore <laughs> i kind of want to be les eismore's friend <laughs> like i want to hang out with les eismore les eismore's gonna run for run for govern like run for government office and his, his slogan will just be vote for me please yeah <laughs> and it, 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 he's he, is going to be really into just like giving people what they need. Oh, you need this, then then you get it. Sure, that's cool. that's his whole thing. What's your policy? What's your foreign policy? Less eyes, more. Be good at it. Yeah, just be cool. be good. Be good e- to each other. Eco- what's your thing on the economy? Money for people. Less eyes, more. No, I think he would just print more money and then like destroy the economy because he doesn't <laughs> understand like the valuation of money. He, he's a supervillain, but he doesn't realize it. Like, he's so simplified. He just goes through, like, he leads, like, a charmed life. And then gets yeah. in a position of power or something that's complicated and just fucks everything up. He's but not he's, even a supervillain. He's, like, it's, it's like, if, if, it's like if Mr. Bean became president. <laughs> like, it, it's, there, there's, you can't be mad at him because he has no ill intentions. It's just, it's, it's childlike, you know? <laughs> just less eyes more spinning on his chair in the Oval Office as the earth crumbles around him. <laughs> Because of his directive of like, Mister Mister Eismore, global warming. Everybody, open your fridges, and that was his only suggestion. Yeah, and, just, <laughs> and Superman's just there, like, please, please, <laughs> resign. He's just like, why? I'm an excellent president, and just like they're smiling. <laughs> and Superman's trying to explain to him why he needs to resign. It's far too complicated. He's just like, oh, I don't. God. What do you mean? But then someone mean? just writes because you you're. You- because you're a bad president, order. and then I resign. <laughs> oh, that's a bad simple. President. Oh, I get. Oh, of course, I understand that. Like his his sort of sidekick is like, 
Explainio, who just has to reduce everything down in a way that Les Eisenwalk can understand. (laughs) Oh god, that's that's a good superhero. I like Les Eisenwalk. I think once we once we nail down how his powers work, we've got something. I mean, they've changed how Scarlet Witch's powers work once a month for sixty years, so I don't think we have to worry about it too much. I mean, she's she's still currently on wavy hands and make a woo noise, or is that just in the? Not you're not far off. It's uh, sometimes she's like the most powerful thing ever. Other times she can just like do little things and just kind of fights. It's comics. Comics have a tendency to redo power levels every time a new writer jumps on, so. I don't think we have to worry about Les Eismore's powers too much. I kind of feel like Les Eismore has... I don't know, I just really... I think it's the name as well. I really enjoy Les Eismore. <laughs> I really want to <laughs> hang out more with Les Eismore and see what's happened, see what's going on. Oh. It's really good. I like it. And he'd, he'd have like a really simple costume. It's like a t-shirt and some jeans. <laughs> it's just a t-shirt that says hero on it. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he gets elected president just a t-shirt that says president, president. or prez <laughs> just him double thumbs up right <laughs> <laughs> when he's training hero college yeah oh, oh my god that was good fun i've enjoyed this yeah it's a good time thanks for having me Thanks for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Uh, yeah, so this has been the end of another episode of It Get of It. Uh, what's my one called again? Geek A and E. Not It Gets Weird. That's your one. You do it. Yeah, no, we, we did that. Uh, I, I did that last night. This is uh, this is Geek A and E, uh, where we killed Daredevil today. I guess. Well, I mean Daredevil. I mean Daredevil. We just didn't. We couldn't save him. Tried our best. It didn't happen. Yeah. Thank you for coming on, and uh, thanks for now, and for everyone listening. Thank you for listening. You can find uh, It Gets Weird at uh, Twitter or is it, it Gets IGW Podcast. Yeah, at IGW Podcast. Yeah, and you can find us, I mean, probably by the way you found the link to this, but it's uh, Geek A&E on the, on the old tweets. Thanks for listening and uh, stay safe out there or something. Yeah. <laughs>